This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings. On a beautiful 83-degree day, We'll have to qualify that in just a minute. But first, let's find right out what's happening in a Motor City Minute. It was ex- it was an exciting weekend of racing for NASCAR in Sin City. On Friday, Chandler Smith took the checkered flag after a four-lap dash to the finish that included a last-lap pass on Zane Smith down the backstretch. And on Saturday, Ty Gibbs took the lead for the first time on the final restart and held off Noah Gregson for his fifth Xfinity Series win in his 21st start. Finally on Sunday, Alex Bowman used overtime and a solid restart to drive past his teammate Kyle Larson and win his seventh career Cup Series race. More on that. And elsewhere, Chris Madden won on Sunday afternoon with uh, all of the, with the Southern All-Star Series. The Castro Flow Racing Night in America added $45,000 to the champion's payout for any driver that competes in every series event. Uh, and Hunter Robbins broke a uh, seven-year winless streak in the, in the Alabama 200 win on Saturday night at Montgomery Motor Speedway. Also of note, last week's guest, A.J. Ward, collected yet another win down south at Northwest Florida Speedway in Baker, Florida, where he also picked up Best Appearing Modified. So congratulations to A.J. and crew. That and a whole lot more going on tonight uh, here at Horsepower Happenings. I'm Rich France. If you think we're missing somebody tonight, we are. And uh, Zach has come down with uh, laryngitis. So I was supposed to be on vacation, got the call to come in off the bench, and uh, made the the, uh, call into Chuck Darling, who filled in for me last week. Chuck Darling, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me again, guys. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure of mine to help out wherever need be, uh, whether it's here on Horsepower Happenings or stepping behind a microphone somewhere. Well, it, if this is the only way we could get Zach to not talk, uh, it's it's pretty cool. But let's go back to what I said. So we, we have to set this up, how we're doing this, because I don't know that we've ever done the show like this. So I said that we had a beautiful 83 degree day. I did because I am still in Florida and I am sitting in a courtyard garden right next to the Gulf of Mexico doing the show. Chuck, you're at home. And Zach quietly is at his house producing the program tonight. So this is creativity at its best tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Oh, most definitely. And to make make it even more interesting, my uh, little uh, 
device that we use to be able to communicate a little better with each other uh, decided to stop working uh, <laughs> before we even started talking to Mr. Uh, Marlowe. Yeah, so so it's fun. So, um, you know, I guess, uh, I guess, Chuck, we've had a little bit of sad news. We hate starting the show out with this, but uh, we had something else going on. Another track maybe going away. Yeah, unfortunately, sad news to start tonight. Gresham Motorsports Park and its property in Georgia have been sold and will no longer be used as a racing facility. It opened in 1967 as Jeffco Speedway. The track hosted a pair of races for the NASCAR Grand National Series won by Cale Yarbrough and Bobby Isaac. It spent most of the 70s dormant before a boom in the 80s as Georgia International Speedway. The track's signature event, the World Crown 300, was first hosted in 1983, won by the White Knight himself, Dick Trickle. The racetrack spent the past six years inactive, with one event scheduled in May of 2020, the Peach State Classic. However, COVID-19 unfortunately delayed the event until October before it was ultimately canceled. And as a race fan, it always stinks to see another racetrack bite the dust. Yeah, it sure does. Um, I'm, I'm glad it's not happening as much anymore, but uh, any, any track that, uh, that falls to the wayside um, isn't a good thing for us. But uh, on, on a positive note, the 500 Sprint Car Tour held its media day last week, uh, and the excitement continues to build for their inaugural season. The nine-race tour will crown a champion of pavement and uh, pavement non-wing sprint cars with races at Anderson, Plymouth, and Berlin, among others. All races will be broadcast on MAV-TV. However, fans can get uh, free general admission to the season opener at Indianapolis Raceway Park. Multi-time USAC Silver Crown champion Cody Swanson told Speedsport.com he's looking forward to the series, saying, quote, I'm excited that about the Sprint Car Tour, end quote. Uh, among drivers set to compete are Swanson, Davey Hamilton, uh, Davey Hamilton Jr., that is, Bill Weiss, Kyle Aguera, and Michigan's Taylor Ferns. The first event is Saturday, March 26th. Also, entries are rolling in for the 11th annual Thaw Brawl presented by Holker Trucking at Davenport Speedway. Among the early entries are Ryan Unziker, Brian Shirley, Jason Fager, and others. Also added to the list today was Michigan's own Chad Finley. Finley will be running a select few big money races and dirt lead medals this season and appears to be kicking things off on the road March 25th through the 26th. And Max Stambaugh enjoyed a successful weekend on the road. The Lima, Ohio driver uh, headed south to race with the USCS Sprint Cars uh, during their winter heat event. Uh, night one took the multi-time uh, Great Lakes Super Sprints feature winner to Hattiesburg Speedway in Mississippi, where Stambaugh finished second. And then on night number two, Stambaugh raced his way from 15th to finish in the top five in fifth again at Hattiesburg. Stambaugh will now prepare for his season behind the wheel of the Smith Motorsports number 71H. Well, Chuck, uh, I, I have a question for you. You know, we, we, we read the story in the Motor City Minute about uh, Alex Bowman picking up the win at Vegas this weekend. And some big news came out uh, of the Cup Series because Kyle Busch had to weigh in. And I, and I don't know if you heard his comment, but Kyle Busch had a... Uh, a laced comment, let's just say, regarding Alex Bowman winning again. And and apparently he believes that Al Alex Bowman is winning all of his events when he probably shouldn't, whether it's uh, due to a rain delay or some strategy, fuel strategy. And Kyle Bush is not happy with that. Um, 
Alex Bowman took two tires and had an and and that put him up front for the overtime restart. Does Kyle Busch have a point? You know, I will be quite frankly honest. I honestly haven't watched a NASCAR race in probably the last four years. I just kind of keep up with what's happening. You know, I read the quotes. I actually read his quote and I actually kind of laughed at it because, you know, with the amount of talent that you have in NASCAR nowadays or any racing series for that matter, take the wins however you can get them. I mean, I'm sure Kyle Busch has kind of lucked into a few, you know, and not had dominating performances at some time in his career. But to come out and say that Alex Bowman has literally backed into his wins and being, you know, censored ridiculous, uh, you know, I mean, Bowman didn't wreck his car in practice this past weekend. So, I mean, maybe he's just bitter about that. Yeah, and that's my that's my opinion. I think if you are going to win a cup race, uh, as competitive as it is, does it matter how you do it? Now, sometimes I, I'm not a big fan of, of somebody getting credit for a win because oh, maybe it rains and they stay out and everybody pits and they just, you know, sit there and they never get the race back going. But uh, if, he, if his crew chief is making calls for two tire pit stops, uh, to win him a race. I have zero problem with that. And I think Kyle Busch should probably be more upset with his crew chief for taking four tires uh, than for Alex Bowman's crew chief making the call of the race and taking two tires. Well, you know, sometimes I've learned in life that some people just like to hear themselves talk. And sometimes I think that's what Kyle Busch likes to do. I think he just opens his mouth just to hear himself talk. You know, he needs to focus on what he's doing on the track and not worry about the other guys. You know, if, like you said, if his crew chief would have called for two tires, then he may have won it. Who knows? But I've, you know, I respect what these guys do, and I respect Kyle Busch for getting behind the wheel of a race car. I've just never really liked the guy, especially after he smashed the guitar trophy at the Nashville Super Speedway. Well, we'll have to see how, you know, if how, how much further this goes. But, uh, you know, I think the happiest guy in the room right now, Chuck, is Alex Bowman, right? Oh, he's laughing and smiling all the way to the bank after collecting that winner's share of that race this weekend. All right, now we roll into our first interview of the night, uh, Chuck. And uh, this gentleman, boy, he, he has a busy season coming up uh, that we're starting in just about six weeks. But he actually technically got started a week ago. Uh, we'll get all the lowdown on that. He is the owner and promoter of the Great Lakes family of sprint cars. Barry Marlowe, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you, Rich. Hi, Chuck. How are you guys tonight? Doing very well, sir. So tell Good. me, let's let's roll right into this. Um, I remember last year we talked to you and you were having a test up there at Houghton Lake to see how the you know sprints on ice would go. Well, you had the race last week. Talk to me about that. It looked like uh, all the photos I've seen, it looks like it was a ball. It was a um, little disappointed. I mean, I kind of thought a few more guys would have come out. Um, but the difference with this year was, is we let them race. We turned them loose. We, we had, we had a little better set up. We had a little bigger track. And I know a lot of people said, thought people were right next to the track, but those guys were using telephoto lenses and it looked like they were right there. But they, everybody was back off the track and, and guys put on a show. I mean, open it up. Um, we got some great photos and the lightning sprints, unfortunately couldn't race Saturday 
but we had five of them there the night before and they raced on Friday night. Um, and they did a whale of a job. So it was fun on that part. We had nine different drivers that raced with us in the summer that were up at Houghton Lake checking out the cars. And I think they re- finally realized that really just setting up the wheels, that's really all that's happened with Daggett and uh, Daggett and Gressman and Brackenberry is they really just the tires and put studs up. And other than that, that's their dirt cars. Yeah, I saw so, up there. Um, that was pretty I, I saw up there, Yeah, I saw up there where they, um, you know, plowed the ice. So, you know, they actually had a circle. But, boy, there were some cool photos of any of those cars that got off of that ice surface and into the snow. Boy, that made for a photo oh. opportunity, didn't it? Oh, my God. Gressman, I mean, I, I bet you nobody, I, I bet you there was snowmobile enthusiasts that were envious of the picture of Gressman coming up through the snowdrift with that sprint car. Not something you see every day. <laughs> yeah, you sure don't. So, how did? How, what's the? Uh, what do you? What's the feedback you're getting now that you finally? You know, you got the the first year in that you tried it. Uh, what's the feedback from the drivers and, and the fans? Well, the that have come out love it. The come off with huge grins. It's really cool about the ice and the studs that we run. Is you don't have to worry about traction. So the traction's there, and they can just go out and race. Um, we still have a couple little battles. Um, I watched some of the racing uh, Nick Berry sent me. Um, they raced Hampshire over the weekend as well, and they had five cars. And I'll tell you what, when five full-size sprint cars going around that track, you don't see the back three. And there's just that much. So the ice racing is a little different from the normal sprint car fans that want to see 20, 30 cars every night, you don't do that on the ice. Um, to mention those full-size sprints rip up the ice pretty good. Um, and it's, a, it's sight. It's being able to see. Now, the lightning sprints, we put five of them out there, and they do a whale of a job. They don't have the horsepower to throw that ice off like, like the 360s do. But, but anyway, they're excited. I, and obviously, the fans are excited. We have a great turnout up on uh, St. Mary's River this weekend up at, it was in Barbo at the Cozy Corners restaurant right at the cut where the ferry goes across the Nebish Island. So just down from the Sioux Locks, about 12 miles, maybe 15 mile river flows. Um, but that was, you know, we put on a little exhibition race and turned them loose and old Chuck Erickson did a 360 coming out of turn four and kept right on going. And, and fortunately I got that on video. Um, but it was an overcast day, so we don't have as exciting of pictures, but, but the crowd loved it. There was probably 1500 people and they haven't seen that many people ever in Barbo. <laughs> yeah. And so, we talked about, we talked you know, about this I think last we're on year. To something. Yeah. We talked about this last year. Um, kind of tell everybody who, who maybe didn't hear the show or they can go back on our, on our, uh, on our website and listen to it. Um, how you got introduced to this? Um, well, I was introduced to Nick Berry out in um, New Hampshire. Nick started sprint cars on ice. Um, he didn't start cars, I mean, racing sprint cars. I think they've been doing it out in New Hampshire since probably the late 60s, early 70s in sprint cars. You know, it's, it's a Sunday afternoon thing. If the ice is good, they go out to a local pond and they race. And 
you know, it's been working its way into the social media the last few years. And when we got introduced, you know, he says, you know, Michigan's got the perfect you know, weather for ice racing. And he's right. The more I've learned about it, you know, we don't get as much snow as they get where they're at. So we don't have, and we, cause we learned what snow does to the ice up at Sault Ste. Marie. They had, they got an extra twins of snow. So they had twins of snow on that river. And there, there was some water that leached into turn one and two. So I flipped the track so that they weren't starting into that because they didn't want to go wide. I mean, there's water standing, but there was 30 inches of ice. Gotcha. So there was no risk of going through, but it had leaked water in and it was eight inches deep on the outside of turn one and two. So wow. we flipped the track up at Sault Ste. Marie so that we were actually making turn one and two, three and four, if that makes sense. Right. That right, way right. when they started, they, they, they had a, they had a chance to set up going into turn turns three and four and didn't go in there three wide and somebody end up in the water. So like I said, though, we weren't worried about going through the ice. It was just water on the track wicked up because of the snow. Right. But um, but the ice up there, I'll tell you, we're learning so much about ice, too. <laughs> because at Houghton Lake, we had to plow the track every time they raced, peel off the shredded ice. There's a lot more mineral in the water there at Houghton Lake because it's a shallower lake. Up there on the St. Mary's River, that blue ice that we raced Saturday was so hard. We never plowed once. Wow. <laughs> so wow. a huge difference in the ice. Yeah. And you see the studs that you, you know, it has to be tearing up the ice, right? Because I did see pictures with the yeah. studs on those tires. Yep. But it didn't tear it up there, up that, it didn't blue ice up. That stuff is, um, the plow guy, I think he was in it after every race, he'd come up, you need it plowed. Well, let me go around. I go around and <laughs> shoot. It didn't need plowed, <laughs> so I think you're a little disappointed. But anyway, that's uh, well. That, but yeah, it's that's exciting. awesome. You, you, you get it. So you already have plans to put it on the schedule again for 2023. Yeah, it's already on the schedule. St. Mary's River Roar will be a, our last race next next winter, uh, the third mm -hmm. or fourth of March, whatever that Saturday is, because. Um, well, but anyway, and then we're probably going to, we're, we're looking at maybe adding uh, Portage Lake over across from Manistee Fairgrounds to our schedule next year. So maybe we only do Houghton Lake and Lake Misaki and Portage Lake. And of course, maybe we'll make two visits to one of those and then, and then end the season up at, at uh, the Sioux. I want to bring all the drivers up and, and we get two houses because those houses mainly, mainly don't get rented in the winter. And it's just a great place and a fun place. And the community comes out and I'd like to take all my racers up and we stay up there both nights, have, have a end of the year fun weekend. So yeah, it's, it's exciting and fun. Sounds, sounds like, sounds like fun. Chuck, uh, you want to join the conversation? Yeah, definitely. Uh, looking at the looking at the schedule, I mean, you've got a pretty jam packed schedule. Um, noticed a couple of trips to Wayne County Speedway, but I also noticed a trip to the Peavley, Missouri, the I fifty five Speedway, uh, with an event with the uh, I believe it's the IRA Sprints and the um, 
Lucas Oil Sprints. Uh, tell us about that. Um, well, we go Illinois to the Route 66 way, and that that'd be with the all and the IRA. I think the IRA non-wing as well, and then that'd be GLSS going there. That'd be May 14th. Very cool. Um, we race with, yeah, we race. That Friday night, we raced at I-96, um, and then the All-Star Circuit of Champions will be there that night, and then we all go to Joliet, Illinois, to Route 66 Speedway. Well, I think it's Route 66 Raceway, but but yeah, that'd be a cool weekend. That'd be a cool weekend. Um, probably, probably my most, you know, I'm really pretty happy how the schedules came out with the number of um, probably what I'm most disappointed about once the dust settled was that we really don't get our non-wing season started till the 1st of June. Um, some tracks got a hold of me late. Um, I had the schedule worked out. I had like through this prior to June um, on my first schedules, but after some tracks called me late, I had to juggle some things around when the dust settled up the non-wing season doesn't really start till June 3rd at I-96. I'm still happy with the schedule. I'm just not, you know, I, I feel bad that we don't have something earlier, although I am working on an April 29th show in Ohio for all three of our classes. But that isn't done yet. So, Yeah, but we, you had mentioned I-96, and that's, and that's when we're going to kick the season off uh, on the 22nd of April. Got to be looking forward to that. It's not too far away. No, it's not. I mean, I I felt relief today because I knew we can't end the ice racing, and now I have five or six weeks that I can just concentrate on getting started for the for the main part of our schedule. Although we do have the lightning sprints on a on the player hater Wild West shootout for April 1st and 2nd, if it's doable. Um, but other than that, the, the next scheduled races will be April 22nd for GLSS and the 23rd at Crystal. And then that kicks off the season. Now I saw some other, other stops along the way that, that kind of piqued my interest and, and I didn't remember seeing them and you can tell me if you guys have been there or not. Um, I didn't think you had Ashwikan. Uh, you got a couple of stops in 2022, uh, along with Silver Silver Bullet on the schedule in August. Yeah, we last uh, weekend they weren't on there last year. I mean, COVID kind of upset some things, but since we started, we've always we've always included the Ashwigan 360 Nationals, the Canadian Nationals, uh, on our schedule. So that's that's at the end of the season. Silver Bullet, yes. Silver Bullet, you know, with some change up with some tracks this year. Um, Mount Pleasant, of course, we have been there before with the wings, and but we put together on we put together August fifth at Mount Pleasant, and then we go straight east over to Silver Bullet. And Matt took a race, and I know for sure it's been ten years. We have never been to Silver Bullet uh, with wings. Um, the non-wings, we usually go there three times a year, but um, they haven't had wing racing at Silver Bullet for at least 10 years. Somebody can look that up. 
but to my knowledge, I know the hunt since Matt's been involved and he's been there 10 years, they have not had wing spreads. And then the same with Winston. We have not been to Winston. Um, I think the last wing race at then for full size sprints was the 2016 season. I think Sod was there early in the season. And that was the last wing show that Winston's had um, for full size sprints. And so we'll be over there at Winston on, on July 8th. But that's awesome. Yes, those are those, those three tracks step in and um, we're excited about going over there. And then another one, Fremont, Fremont added a show this year. So um, we're about that. So we have two trips down to Fremont. So it looks like we'll be down to Ohio, I think, two or three different weekends. That's good. That's so awesome that, for you guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, we're losing uh, in Northern Indiana, you know, the tracks are with Plymouth going back to asphalt, you know, that really has made Mount Pillar, Gas City, Kokomo kind of the line for dirt tracks. And uh, being heavy non-wing area, shot will be Mount Pillar, but, you know, we how that how that's going to go under new management. You know, I think they want another year or two under their belt. But right. we're happy to be in Northwest Ohio. Still, still would like to go over to Oakshade, but I don't, I don't know how to crack that nut. But, um, <laughs> but other than that, we 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 have a pretty pretty well-rounded schedule, I think, for everybody. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Cool. We'll make our first our f- first trip with the non-wing to Fremont, and then we'll team up with Boss for the Hewitt Classic at Waynesfield the next night. That'll be Fourth of July weekend, so we'll we'll have a GLTS show at Fremont on July second, and then we'll go over to Waynesfield for a co-sanctioned race to it Classic with Boss. So excited about that! So that'll be our first trip down there with the non-wings. Yeah, busy schedule for you, Barry. Chuck, go ahead. Well, I, I, just as a fan, I mean, how hard is it to juggle all three series, setting up dates, getting tracks lined up, and the travel that's involved with it, making sure that everything runs smoothly? Well, I, I love that challenge. Um, like I said earlier, you know, when you get all done, you can be happy with the schedule, and then you look at some things and what it might appear to a fan, and you know, I, I feel bad about the non-wings not regarding until July 3rd. Um, however, however, here in Michigan, you know, we're pretty assured once you start in June of having a lot better weather. You know, May, April for sure, and May and crap shoots ever since I've been involved. So at least I know when I start, we have good weather. As far as putting it all together, I usually have my schedules done in October and I may as well call it my wish list. <laughs> I have my wish list put together on, on how I'd like to see the schedule going together. Um, and then it starts layering in, you know, some tracks start earlier than others and some tracks don't start with their schedule until the end of January. 
So it gets spread out over four or five months and hopefully you don't have to change a lot. And because that's when it gets hard, it really gets hard when you start filling in the dates. And then at the end, you got to change a few, but I like it. I mean, I had the challenge and I'm pretty proud of the schedules, quite frankly. Um, I didn't add them up, but I think, I think there's like 55 shows total. Dang. Um, so I did, so I did back off what we had the COVID year that first year we were coming out. I think we had six races scheduled. I think we had 21 races for every class and GLSS might've had 26, which that was going to be a challenging, challenging year. And it was a challenging year anyway with COVID hit, but because our schedules just got wiped out, but, um, and the lightning sprints, I'm, I'm really happy at Joel that, that the lightning sprints, I purposely wanted to cut back a little bit, um, because we're in a building stage, you know, we have a lot of new people coming on with, with cars and, we're, if you look at it, it's pretty much concentrated from Winston right across the state to Silver Bullet. Winston, Crystal, Mount Pleasant, and Silver Bullet is the lion's share of the lightning sprint races. And I think we go down, we make a visit with uh, traditional sprints to Butler. Um, I think that's June or August 13th. So, um other than that, um, hopefully I answered that, Chuck. I oh yeah, <laughs> I started definitely. meandering off on a different tangent, but um, but no, no, you hit the nail right on the head. It's it's a busy uh, busy man. You definitely are. Um, we're going to credit this question to Zach. Uh, we're having a little technical difficulty on our end, but uh, um, we've seen uh, successful racing for three hundred and sixty sprint cars in our area for quite a while now, but uh, just out of curiosity, why do you think it's not so successful for 410s or is there a plan to maybe get a winged 410 series going in this area? Or do you already have your plate full enough and you're like, that's it, I'm done? <laughs> well, if that, that's that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. And, and, and I don't think it's, I think a lot of it right now and that's really where GLSS was started was sod was 360. I realized they started out at and they went to 360, but in 2015, they were still 360s. When they went and changed the rules, that was fine, except that there was a lot of 360s in Michigan, a lot of 360s. So, I started GLSS so that we could keep those 360s viable um, because any way you look at it, people were switching to 410s if they couldn't run their 360s. And I didn't see any reason to get rid of all those 360s and use them as boat anchors. Well, and because we have been doing well, we've just kept 360 strong up here. Um, now you take a lot of the bigger teams, uh, a lot of, have four tens poses a new problem <laughs> if they're running with GLSS the only way they can four ten if they're going to be committed to GLSS is if the four ten series is running with them or with us 
or we're just flat not running. And for me, I can honestly say it's difficult unless it's a special for me to, I, I just don't see having enough cars to have a, a weekly 410 show that travels around Michigan because as you go north, they're further and farther between. Um, yeah, gotcha. And I just don't think there's that many. There's not enough cars. GLSS on any Saturday, we averaged 26, 27 cars the last couple years, last three years, I think. And But I'm pulling from a pool of about 60 people. So I'm pretty confident. You know, I, I usually have 15 or 16 guys or teams that race 95 plus percent of our races. So I already come into a track knowing I've got 15, 16 cars. Yep. And that's, that's a good depending on what track it. we're at. Yeah. We're going to get, we're going to get about 10 local cars. I mean, to a local track and that's kind of how we make it up. Um, and at the end of the year, we'll have, we'll have anywhere from 80 to 90 different cars run with us at one time or another. So that the volume is there. If, if I looked at four tens by itself for me, I, I might have a pool of um, 15, 15, 16 viable four tens that would travel. So I already don't have enough to pull from. And that's kind of what I have with the lightning sprints. If you look at the lightning sprints, the first year we had 20 cars total, total that came raced with us. Last year we had 34 came raced with us. Nice. And see, I need to get that number up to 45. And see, when you could get that number of cars available to come out and race, you you got to have enough cars because not everybody's going to come every night. <laughs> you're oh, yeah. you're going to get 10 to 15 people that follow you 100. So you need to, if you're going to have a full field cars, you got to have 30 other people that are willing to come half the time. <laughs> to to fill out the rest of the slate, and right, Barry. That's before what before I think we is, is the problem. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Let go ahead and finish your thought. I'm sorry. Oh well, my thought was about done. <laughs> I was just <laughs> so so with four tens. You, you know, I mean, it's just there, there's just not the volume of cars to draw from because you're going to either have to pull them up from Attica, Fremont you know, the all-stars and that's going to take more money. So the best thing that I can do for my guys that want to run four tens is do like we're doing, you know, we have a couple shows with the all-stars. We have a couple shows with fast. So there my guys can run double duty if they want to run four tens. Um, and honestly, I, I want to stay in touch with Denny Donaldson because Denny has sod and, I want to know what he's going to do because the only way that's going to work is if we work together, you know, to, to, to put a series together. So that's my thought. Right. Okay. <laughs> what is worth. Barry, I, Barry, I got to ask you, since you were talking about fields, you know, you got some free publicity uh, over this winter. Uh, a lot of your top drivers swapping seats for 2022, including your re returning yeah. champion, Ryan rule. Um, yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy everybody has rides. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of 
surprised like everybody, you know, I'm, I'm the last one to know. I'm like the, you know, I'm the last one to know anything. Oh, that's, um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm, I'm glad, you know, honestly, the only one that I don't know his plans, uh, at least from our, our past champions is Chase Ridenauer. Um, but other than that, there's been a lot of switching and, I mean, I could think of five people in five cars that have, you know, switched drivers around, but I, I, so I don't really know, honestly. I mean, it's, uh, I sit back just like everybody else does. Um, you know, I've got, I've got three children right now, Great Lake Supers friends, Great Lake Traditionals friends, and Great Lake Lightning's friends. And honestly, I never, I, I feel more like a parent than I ever did. You know, I had twin boys and never really felt like there was, you know, that was its own thing. And, and I have Spencer now and he's like an only child. So, um, but now I understand what it's like to have three people that want all your attention. So that's probably my toughest battle is, is trying to be fair with everybody and do the best job I can for everybody. Chuck, go ahead. I wish everybody well. Well, um, basically, just I, I have a not really a question, but uh, wanted to give you a chance to thank some of the sponsors of all your series because I noticed uh, visiting your website, you have a ticker that goes across and fills the board pretty full. Yeah, yeah. There's been some changes, but you know, the bottom line is everybody that's on there supports Sprint Cars, and you know, it's hard for me just to take somebody off and knowing that they're involved and they still help a lot of our racers. Um, so some of those on the ticker don't directly support us monetarily anymore, but I don't have a problem with leaving them on there. As far as, as far as our main sponsors, um, probably it starts with perfect and engine pro. Um, they sponsor all three of the groups through, uh, traditions is presented by engine or perfect. Um, Great Lake Super Sprints is presented by uh, Engine Pro ARP, and of course, Great Lakes Lightning Sprints is presented by Maxima, which Engine Pro facilitated it, working that out for us, along with uh, Engler Machine and Tool. Um, they're a heat race sponsor with. Uh, Great Lakes Super Sprints and the Great Lakes Lightning Sprints. Beacon and Bridge is a partner that works with all three of the groups. And, uh, you know, Midland Steel and, and Advanced uh, Heating and Cooling. And, of course, Specialty Fuels and Logistics. And Hoosier Tiger works with us very well, all three groups. And uh, Rocky Anderson that uh, rocket headers very closely. So that's our main group that I work with all the time. And I'd like to thank for their support. Barry, it's, every, you know, we love having you on the program, uh, you know, prior to every season, it's a whole lot to unpack for when you got three series that you're trying to run and pack it into, into 30 minutes. But, uh, we're looking forward to spend a lot of time with you this summer, kicking off the season for the great Lake super sprints, April 22nd at I 96 speedway. Barry Marlowe, thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you, Rich and Chuck. And 
laryngitis, Zach. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right, now I know we got this out uh, just a little bit, a uh, little bit too late last week, but uh, we did have Gary. Did you know questions for the month of February? Uh, better late than never. So we posted that, and I will tell you, I thought uh, I did not think after we put these questions out on the show and then we post them that very many people were going to get any of these right. And um, I was actually very surprised. Uh, uh, we've had a couple of, of fans get half of them right. So that was pretty good. So let's go through uh, the Gary Did You Know questions. Question number one. Um, he was the man who built some famous hills. Now, if you remember back on the show when Gary was on, I had to question Gary to qualify that. And he gave well, us a little bit of a hint. Chuck, would you have gotten that question? I would have absolutely probably not gotten it. I, I was listening and and I was kind of racking my brain. I'm like, okay, it has to do with banking. It has to do with building a track. But for the for the real for the answer, no, I would have been out to lunch. Well, we did have uh, some fans get it correct. Brad uh, <laughs> guessed the Brad guessed the correct answer, uh, and Dale. Also, Dale also had the correct answer, and also Bill answered correctly, and the answer would be Frank Funk. So that one, we had three people get that one. I was very surprised, but I like how Gary phrased it. It was cool. So let's go on to question number two, and I didn't know anything about this one either. Chuck, I'm going to lean on you to see if you've heard of this, but we had a couple people get this one right as well. Who would be considered the most famous 10-pins driver, Chuck? Well, when I heard it, I knew it had to be an older driver because back in the day, in the old Super Modifieds, they used to paint their cars with cartoon characters or different things. So I knew it had to do something with bowling and being on the car. But as far as who actually was the driver of that car, I I didn't have a clue. My, my history only goes back about to the late 70s. <laughs> Well, uh, two of the gentlemen that we have mentioned, that uh, they're followers of the show, Dale and Brad, they got it correct, both of them. And the answer would be Nolan Swift. And I would have been blank because I had not a clue. I think uh, if, I re if I remember reading my Mark Times and some of my history right, uh, Nolan Swift was one of the really good super modified drivers back in the day racing with uh, guys like Gordon Johncock and uh, several other drivers uh, around the area. So good kudos to Brad Bergevin, my, my buddy Brad from Fairgrove and Dead Short Race Car Wiring. Way to go, buddy. Okay, now we're going we're gonna to have some fun with this because, I, because I'm, I'm, I'm running the show tonight. Uh, we're going to jump to question number four, okay? Because somebody got question number four correct, too. So is somebody going to get them all right uh -oh, for the first geez. time? For the first time on Horsepower Happenings. So let's go to question number four. Most late model fans know of Art Summers, but who was his brother who raced? See, I I heard that and I was I was stumped. I, I knew of Jay, but Jay is his son, so that eliminated that. So I was like, oh, somebody's guess is as good as mine. But see, that's where Google comes into play. Google or Siri or whatever thing they're using. Well, your buddy Brad got it right again. So he he is three for three. The answer would be Chuck Summers. Nice. Brad's so now, now the question is, does Brad get all four right? Well, we'll see. And Brad did answer all four. 
So now we're down to question number three. We're going to go back to it. Who was known as the old race master? Any idea, Chuck? No, I uh, I knew it had to be. I, I was kind of guessing in my head, uh, not names, but I'm trying to figure out eras. And I had I had to kind of think it would be around again the super modified era from or the modified super modified era back in the day in the like late 50s 60s somewhere around in that area well let's let i i, I want to leave brad hanging here for just a second but it it's kind of funny so brad guessed barney oldfield okay that was his guess and uh brad you're three for four sorry ah. sorry just missed it ah. uh the correct answer would be chuck mcclung Chuck McClung, according to Gary, was known as the old race master. Brad has given a shot several times, and I think this is really, I think a couple times he's gotten three right, but uh, but he's never gotten the fourth one. So, uh, Brad, you got to keep trying. He's He's been, like, asking me questions, and I'm like, dude, I have no idea. <laughs> I contribute to horsepower happenings, but I, I won't guess, play that guessing game, but... I, I got to give him kudos. He's trying. He's like, I want to be the first one to get all four right. Well, it's always fun to have Gary come on and do this. Uh, we'll have Gary, did you know, again in March in a couple of weeks here. We'll have Gary back on the program. We'll check in on Gary also to see how he, I hear Gary's doing very well and feeling better. So uh, we'll have Gary on in a couple of more weeks for another installation of Gary, did you know. And not only that, it's Gary's birthday today. So happy birthday to Gary, did you know? Yeah, absolutely. We forgot to forgot to say that. I did send him a message today and, and wished him happy birthday. But I, I'm catching heat from everybody with my posts of my pictures of where I'm at. They're saying I'm rubbing it in on him. And I said, I'm not trying to do that intentionally. <laughs> not intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... Pay, Pay attention in the next in two weeks. Uh, two weeks from tonight, we'll have Gary back on. He is doing well, uh, so that's a good thing. We'll have him on for March's installation of Gary. Did you know? So that'll wrap up things tonight. From uh, it's not sunny Florida now. It's uh, it, the sun's now gone down, but we still have music going and and the tiki bar is going. So we need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. <laughs> Quit rubbing uh, it in, Rich. <laughs> We're sitting with uh, like four inches of snow. That's like you know, finally melting a little bit out here. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'll be back on the ground in Michigan on Thursday. So, so I, but, but we, we can't forget coming up, uh, Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series, Brownstown Speedway, Indiana Icebreaker, uh, Saturday, March 19th, the 500 Sprint Car Tour from Indianapolis Raceway Park coming up on Saturday, March 26th, the Mars Racing Series, the Thaw Brawl out of Davenport Speedway, Friday and Saturday, March 25th and 26th. And for the Dirt Late Models, the Player Hater at Winston Speedway, Friday and Saturday, April 1st and 2nd. Chuck, it's March, and we're right around the corner. We're going to have some real racing going on in the Midwest very soon. Oh, I know. I can't wait. I know that race at Winston, the Player Hater, I would love to get my racing fix early, but uh, I don't know about that early you know that's a little bit too cold for my blood i think i'll wait until oh let's see oh birch runs opener happens to be april 30th so i think i'll be ready for that in a little bit warmer weather all right great chuck thank you very much once again for stepping up to the plate two weeks in a row uh this time for zach hopefully he'll be all right next week uh and 
thanks to you race fans for joining us on another edition of Horsepower Happenings. We'll be back next week with uh, myself and Zach. I'll be back. We'll kind of get some stability back to the program, and, uh, and we'll get everything rolling once again next week on Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.